What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Herschel, how are you, my friend? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Herschel Walker, ladies and gentlemen, he's on going to be on Strike Force. Actually, now, Herschel, this is your first MMA fight uh, on TV. Uh, yes, it is my very first fight on uh, TV, and uh, I got to thank Showtime for giving me that chance because there's a lot of good people on that card, and and I reckon that gave me an opportunity to be seen on TV and. So I'm, I want to thank Showtime and Strike Force uh, for giving me that opportunity. Now they say that you know because you've made zillions and zillions of dollars of being Herschel Walker that they're uh, that you're donating all your money to uh, to charity. Well, I don't know about zillions of dollars. I still can uh, use a few dollars, but I am going to give it all to charity. You know, I, I love the competition, and I didn't get into uh, MMA for the money. I, I wanted to uh, compete. I've loved martial arts for years, and when I got an opportunity to do it, and they were going to pay me, I went, "Wow, let me." Uh, let me do something for someone else because I've had a lot of help in my, uh, uh, you know, in my life. So I wanted to help someone else as well. Well, the beautiful thing is, I mean, you look great. You're 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 very much in shape for your for a, a man of your age, and you know, doing that is, is such a tough thing. Now, let's say they, this goes well for you. Okay, let's say you win this fight. How far do you want to take this thing if you have the opportunity? Well, you know, it's hard to say. Uh, and what I've done is I've left everything to my trainers. And the people, you know, there was a lot of fighters at the gym there, a.k.a. in San Jose where I'm yep. training. I put it in their hands. I said, guys, I want you guys. When I first walked into the gym, I told them, I said, you know, I want to fight. I would love to fight. But after a couple of weeks when I've been, after I've been working out, if you guys don't think I can do it, uh, I want you to tell me, and I'll swallow my pride, and I won't do it. And that's the same right now. After I win this fight here, I'm going to ask them the same thing, guys. Uh Oh, you guys just tell me if I can go to the next fight or not, and now, it's up to them. Now, let's say you lose the fight. Is that another thing where you'll go to the trainers and say, hey, do you think I should give up, or do you think I should take it, take another crack at it? Or, or are you yeah, determined to, exactly to take another right. crack? You're exactly right. And the reason why is this is something totally new for me. And let me tell you, I've been in martial arts for a long time, but this MMA was, was totally different from the martial arts that I was doing. And, you know, these are true fighters. These are guys that have been fighting all their life. This is their livelihood, and, you know, I'm stepping into a new arena, and, and I, I want to get the advice of someone that's got that experience of doing it. Now, you know, the one thing about Herschel is he's the one, not the one guy, but he's, you know, he's one of the several, but it's very refreshing that you don't hear any Herschel Walker scuttlebutt or, or you know, that you're beating up women. or that, I mean, you, you never hear any bad Herschel Walker news. Are you that good of a guy, Herschel? Because I've never heard a bad thing about you. Well, I don't know if I'm that good of a guy, but, you know, everyone has their problems. And, you know, the thing is, is most uh, people that get knocked down, that meaning most people that have problems, you got to stand up to those problems and admit you had it and try to correct it. That's one thing I think in my life I've always done. I've always told people that we're always going to get knocked down, but the bigger man is a man that gets up. You know, you got to – everything is not going to always go your way. But admit that, you know what, I was wrong. I was wrong. And – and try to make it correct, correct it, and keep going. Because, you know, people, this is a forgiving country. 
they will forgive you if you admit that you have a problem, but you got to try to move on and make it better. I mean, it goes on well, along the lines, like, for instance, you know, uh, 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 Tiger Woods and what we're going through. Not that you necessarily want to get involved in all that, but, I mean, i gotta, I got to think that if he get in front of that uh, train uh, and, you know, get on an Oprah show or, you know, a, a real public show and say, hey, you know, here's what I did wrong. I, I have to man up and, and get some help. And uh, I think that he would be in a better situation if he would get in front of this moving, uh, moving train rather than this, not to say anything. Well, you know, there's that, no doubt you're, you're, you're saying the right thing about that. But, you know, I think that what's happening is he's got to do it at his own time. Yeah. Because one of the things that people got to realize, and, you know, I've, I've been through this, is, you know, you got to admit you have a problem first. You have to admit it to yourself. And, you know, you have to go out and start getting help. But sometimes if you don't really know yourself what's happening, you can't get in and try to fake it in front of everyone. you got to first admit it to yourself, to your family, and then start getting help. The first time, if you don't admit it, it nothing is ever going to get better. So I think what's happening with Tiger, because Tiger is a great guy, and I think people got to know, as I just said, we all going to have problems. No one is great. No one falls. Everyone falls short of the glory of God, and I understand that. But, you know, uh, his life is in the public's eye now. So everyone is expecting him to do it the way they want him to do it, but he's got to do it when he's ready. And I think he will do it when he's ready because he is not a bad guy as the media has made him out to be. Now Tiger is really a great guy, but he just has made a pro- he has made a mistake. But I mean, I think every man out there, like you're a man's man, uh, and you know, I, I think this every man that thinks he's a great guy, we want him to come through for us. And, and again, I know it's not on our pace, but it's on his, and we want him to man up because we know that he's a great guy and and do what a man like Herschel Walker would do and say, hey, listen, you know, I'm a, a real jerk, and here's what I did. I did a real, I'm a nice guy that did a jerk move, uh, and I got, you know, and I, and I have to now you know, face the consequences. And I guess that you know, I think that as you say, he's going to do it as his own time. You know, now Herschel, I I read that in 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 '08 on your auto biography of breaking free now i don't i never had known this uh, about what they claimed was a multiple personality disorder uh, can you well, can, can you touch on that a little bit yeah i can't touch on that and you know it's so fun is since you're talking about tiger and and i you know what i was saying is there's been so much stigma put on our mental illness put on our when you watch television you talk about multiple personalities and people think it's like the civil character and i've been saying guys it's not nothing like that you know you look at athletes today on the field, there are the court, or the golf course, or the bas- or the uh, football field. They're a certain way. When they get off the field, they're a certain way. And to me, I said those are multiple personalities. And I said, what's well, strange about it? Michael Jordan made a statement years ago. He said, when I'm in my zone, I become invincible. I become Superman. Well, on the court, that is acceptable. But when you step off into the streets, people don't understand that. And you know, and I look at Tiger Woods. You know, he on the course. He was a certain way. Also, he was somebody totally different. And I said, I'm not saying he has multiple personality, but I, what I was trying to do is lighten the mood and say, you know, we all suffer from something. What it is, we don't know. Some people are a little bit more severe than other, others. And what I had is something that was very unusual because, you know, I, don't, I was a great person. I was doing a great business. My business is doing well. My life is going great. Well, I had an anger problem. You know, and, and people said, I can't believe you had an anger problem. Well, what was strange about it, no one ever saw that. I was doing it to myself. I was destroying myself because I, I was a per- perfectionist. I wanted to do things. I had these blinders on that, you know, I wanted to do it right. It had to be done right. 
Well, I was destroying myself trying to do that. Now, when and it, I realized that I had a problem, and I got it corrected. Now, when it comes to uh, an anger problem, you know, people obviously can take that different ways. You know, some some guys take their anger problems out on uh, their women. Some some people take their anger problems out on alcohol. How did you take it out on? on? I mean, you, well, you obviously had to have a release besides keeping well, it in. Did you exactly right. My release was doing the the worst thing you can do to yourself. You know, I talked about it in my book of doing competition while playing Russian roulette. You know, and people said, whoa, you were trying to kill yourself. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I, that's the farthest thing from the truth. To me, I love competition. I love to compete. So my anger problem was, you're playing the most dangerous games I can play because that's winning and losing. Now, how or many... just doing it. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, how many times did you play Russian roulette? Uh, yeah, I played, uh, I played a couple of times. And, you know, at that time... I didn't think that was a problem in there. I mean, I thought, I mean you know, did, did, you, did, did you really have a bullet in the gun, uh, Herschel? Uh, yes, I did. Wow. And that's, what I, and that's what I was telling everyone is that some people are a little bit more severe, and, and they need help and all the uh, – they maybe need medicine. Some of them need just a uh, little bit of treatment. But we don't know what the problem someone has. But what you got to do first, whether you're alcoholic – a drug person is to admit you have a problem. Right. I think one pe- one thing that people have to do, in the, and the same as in the Tiger Woods, is have friends that gonna go to him and say, you know, man, you have a problem. I'm here for you. You know, have someone that's close to you to help them out. Because you know, sometimes when someone has a problem, everyone want to get away from them. You, know, I don't want to be associated with them because you know, uh, you know, they got a problem. I don't want it to rub off on me. But you know, we're in this country together, yeah. and unless we can help each other, we're not gonna make it better. You know, everyone want to run away from kids that, you know, if he's not my kid, I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with him. Well, he is your kid because he can influence another kid that may have something to do with yours. Now, we had a guy, oh, God, about maybe 10 years ago, uh, Herschel, that was in the studio, and it was so sad because he was so brilliant. And I remember he had such a wonderful football career uh, with the uh, with the Washington Redskins, but it was just so sad. He was in with Anthony Munoz. Anthony Munoz was the best guy. Love him. But it was Dexter Manley, and Dexter really yeah. was going through a tough time at that time. Time where he had some kind of uh, different situations happening with him on, uh, on the streets of Houston. And I don't know if you're familiar with Dexter Manley or not, but he yes, had... Yes, I know Dexter Manley very well. What a, what a nice guy. And I could see he came in, he actually came into the studio. We didn't talk to him over the phone, and he was just the nicest guy. But you could tell, man, that there was, you know, that he wasn't quite all there. And, and, and it was sad because I remember him being such a wonderful football player. Well, Dexter was a great football player. And, you know, and that's one thing that... I've said many times, I think sometimes we have to take the initiative to help people. And, you know, that's what I've been doing. You know, I wrote my book, and I've been very fortunate that my book has done very, very well. Well, I invested into hospitals. And what I've been doing is going out trying to help people that have problems because one thing about it is if you are drinking alcohol, some people think you're an alcoholic. Well, that's not true. What it is is you may have that coping mechanism that you use in alcohol to use that as a coping mechanism. The same thing with drugs. If you're abusing drugs, you may be using that as a coping mechanism, but there may be something that's a little bit worse, and you may need to get someone that's going to deal with that. So that's what I want to do because, you know, I've been very fortunate to have a mother and father that continue to encourage me and tell me the right things to do. But some people don't have a mother and father. Some people don't even have a... Uh, a father or mother, and I want to be there to help them because I've been helped so many times in my life. When you talk about being helped, does that mean your anger problem has sort of gone away, or do you still have well, it and it, take it out in different well, ways? It, it is, it is, it has gone away. You know what happened to me as a little kid? I used to have a speech impediment. I was a little bit overweight, so I was bullied and beat up, and all these terrible things were done to me by kids that have been very abusive towards me. 
Well, what I did then is I, I, at one point in my life, I just said enough is enough. That's when I started training, doing all the push-ups and sit-ups and dips and, and start developing uh, my body, and I started reading and doing everything because people don't realize, you know, I was valedictorian in my class. Mm-hmm. Well, I started putting blinders on and just started becoming a, fec- a, a perfectionist, just started working extremely hard. Well, in doing that, that's the way my life turned out to be. And then I didn't realize that that wasn't good for me because I put the blinders on, not really caring about anything else. So uh, when I went into treatment, I had to deal with what was happening to me. I had to deal with why I was like that because I didn't know. I didn't know why I was this perfectionist that I couldn't deal with someone that was not going to do it my way and all that. And I, I realized that that's what it was. Now, now, I had uh, been coping with all this stuff. Now, now Herschel, at uh, at what age did you you know stop getting picked on? And I, you know, I know that on Jim Rome's show back in the day, you claimed that you know you did twenty five hundred sit ups and you know fifteen hundred push ups every morning, and that you continue to do that. But like, at what age did you say you know enough's enough? I'm not going to be the fat kid and picked on anymore. What well, did it happen in fifth grade? I mean, because for you to go on and be one of the greatest uh, college football players uh, of all time, I mean, it'd be interesting to know what age you started this big uh, you know health regimen. Well, I, I started when I was about, uh, I think, about 15. Uh, right, right uh, the summer before I, uh, I think before I went into the uh, the ninth grade. I'm trying to think how old are you when you're going into the ninth grade. Right. Because, you know, I went from being the, the worst athlete at my school to being one of the fastest kids in the state of Georgia almost over summer, over the summer. And all it was was just hard work. And I want to tell kids out there that, you know, you if you have a dream, you can accomplish anything you want to do, but you got to be willing to work at it. Well, I mean, most kids don't. And, someone and, else don't see it. You can still do it. And most kids don't have that drive, Herschel. I mean, it's interesting to know that you had that intestinal fortitude and that drive, to, you know, to turn around from being a fat, slow kid, like you said, one of the worst athletes, to being one of the greatest guys ever to play football and the, one of the, I mean, you know, one of the fastest. The greatest Georgia Bulldog ever. Yeah. Ever. Really, to be well, honest. Well, that's what kids got to do. They got to have the drive. And that's what I was saying is. If you go to, if you want it, you got to go get it. I mean, you got to dedicate yourself. You cannot, you know, you can't say that you want to be a great athlete, but yet you're going to be out doing all these other things. And in my opinion, now you got to remember this: an athlete is more than a person that's just doing it out on the basketball court, the football field, the baseball diamond, or the golf course. An athlete is a person that's going to be doing it all the time, not on and off the field. How did you not get caught up in everything? I mean, you know, I know obviously you married your, your high school sweetheart back in the day and everything like that, but, you know, throughout high school and college, and as you become a, a prominent athlete in college, you know, the opportunities for uh, things come up. How did you just stay so out of the loop? So clean. I mean, well, you never yeah, heard, you never think, heard of Hershey's scam. I think my parents and my Christian belief, I, you know, like I said, I had a mother and a father, and, you know, they didn't, they didn't put up with me using excuses why I did something. They, 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 were very, they would get upset about it. And I think that having those parents there that was going to continue to be on my case if I did anything wrong and having my Christian belief and knowing that I'm no better than anyone else and knowing that I am going to make mistakes, but you still got to man up to it, you got to stand up to it, and you got to correct them. Because, you know, no one is perfect. Uh, no one is perfect. I'm no better than anyone else. And that's the reason why I say you continue to work, and you have to work at it. Now, 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 you had like uh, six other siblings. Uh, did your, any of your brothers uh, go to go on to be, you know, pretty good athletes? Well, you know, I had a sister at the University of Georgia with me who was a trite uh, young lady, and she was, uh, you know, she could run. She had a trite scholarship at the University of Georgia, and she was a little bit older than I was. And I had a younger brother that was a heck of a basketball player, and my older brothers they were good athletes. That's one reason I wanted to be one. But, you know, I just took it a little bit farther. And, you know, people didn't know. I was really never crazy about football at first. I played it because I loved the competition, but I was never crazy about it. 
I think I grew into football a little later on. I think going into the USFL is when I first started really loving football. Now, so I started understanding oh, it. During that era, I mean, all of us guys grew up in that era. I'm just a few years younger than you. I'm 43, and I remember the USF era, you know, where they were and, – and the big score that the, that USFL got was Herschel Walker. He was yep. the big score. The New and, Jersey Generals. You know, how much uh, how much money was that back in the day, Herschel? I mean, you know, you had the NFL talking to you. You had the USFL talking to you. Was that – was it – you know, was it mind-boggling on, on what was being thrown at you at such a young age? Oh, Oh, there's no doubt, because it was the highest uh, contract in professional football, not just USFL, but NFL as well, because everyone didn't know the USFL was a reason that NFL started paying a million dollars to players. Right. The USFL was the first league to start paying over a million dollars to any players, and I think the USFL was the reason why, because the USFL had some owners that had the money, and they went out and they started paying players, and that's when the NFL decided, you know, we got to step it up. I think today that's one reason I think the NFL is kind of upset with some of the old USFL players <laughs> because uh, they made all the money start being paid there to pay all the money out. Now, what was I know it's public record. I could go find it. What what was your first contract for uh, for New Jersey? Uh, my first contract, I, I, I was making about uh, about four million dollars a year. Wow, and, uh, that was uh, back then. I think that was like in nineteen eighty three. Yeah, nineteen eighty three. Man, four million a year back then, Herschel. Yes, sir. That was and, huge. And, and he was able to stay on the on the straight and narrow at four million a year, man. I mean, that's some moxie right there. Now you know the rumors always flew around about the New Jersey Generals that the team would have to take a crappy bus and some plane, and that you would get your own special, uh, you know, car, and you didn't well, travel you know, with the team. So strange about the New Jersey Generals, all the players were taken care of. We were right. treated very nice. You know, we train in uh, UCF there in Central Florida. And what was strange about that is we trained there, uh, you know, the facilities there, you know, the UCF wasn't as big as it is right now, but Donald Trump used to take care of everyone there, and uh, I think the players really, really enjoyed it, and, you know, I really enjoyed the league, and I think that league there helped me to become a better football player than I was when I first left Georgia. Now, then when you went on, to, then you obviously the uh, the Cowboys picked you up in the fifth round on, on because they thought that for sure you'd defect as you did. They had your rights. Did you now? Did you have to renegotiate a whole deal with with the Cowboys? Yes, I did. Uh, you know, I still had my money coming from uh, the USFL because I, was, I signed a personal service contract with yeah. Donald. So it wasn't a uh, a player contract, but it was a personal service contract. Man, you got some good representation. Uh, you sure you, does. You're the smartest man in the world, or you know how to hire the smartest guy because well, that is know, genius. Well, you know, I'm smarter than I look. <laughs> uh, that's what I tell people all the time. That's you know, genius. I was, you know what's so strange is uh, the people that uh, that was my representation is the same as Tiger Woods. I had IMG, right? Who was, was a great, great uh, group of guys. They really helped me out, and you know, they really helped me to understand money. You know, you talk about, you know, me not going wild with money, but it helped me to understand money. You know, I was from the country, and I uh, understood that, you know, uh, money doesn't grow on trees. You have to work for it. And, you know, you just have to take care of yourself and put things away because, you know, I didn't need all the fancy cars and all the all that. I didn't need all that stuff. I, I love just playing the game, and I figured when I get out of the game, I have something. You know, now I built a, a great, successful food business and getting ready to fight in the MMA where I can take the time out to do things like that. and. You know, like I said, I've been blessed my life. So, I mean, it's safe to say, uh, Herschel, that you were smart with your money, uh, and uh, you know, and you're you're not going to be broke, and because you've done real well by it, you never had to have a you know a four hundred thousand dollar Maybach or anything like that. I know I haven't. You know, I, I tell people, I think my parents probably would have killed me if they seen me out there abusing money like that because uh, they understood how hard it was to make anything, and they want me to be very smart about. Uh, uh, my money, and they'll continue to give back. You know, like you got to give back. You got to give to the church. You got to give to people that 
that are suffering, and, and I think God will bless you for it. Now, one one thing I'm uh, fascinated with you about I love, it, I love Herschel, man. Yeah, I love I, talking to this guy. Like you're literally you're just a fascinating guy. Everything from your your regimen of one meal a day to uh, I mean the fact that you don't masturbate. That to me is like the the most well, self discipline you know, anyone I, can I, have. I really can't. You know, I, I figure <laughs> uh, I, you might get, I need to be working out. Well, you might get mad, and you might get you might get mad yeah. at yourself again, Herschel. And then you know what's going to happen. <laughs> you don't I mean, want to play might, Russian roulette down there. You might want to rip it off or something. Yeah, that'd be kind of hard. I lose too much energy masturbating. So you don't, you've never masturbated, uh, Herschel? No, I, I never have. That's something that I, I never thought about. I was doing push-ups and sit-ups, so I didn't have time for masturbation. You might want to try you it. Know, I mean, it ain't I, bad. I, you know, if I was doing that, I may have to go into another career. <laughs> uh, so now let me ask you a question. JT the Brick's a pretty damn, uh, he's a pretty well-known, nationally heard uh, sports guy across uh, Fox News and things like that. He calls the show uh, every uh, every Thursday morning. He, he said this. He wanted me to ask you this. So let me play it for you real fast. Hold on here. Yeah, you know, obviously the thing that drives him nuts is when you remind him that he's the reason why the Cowboys built the dynasty. Once they traded him away to the Vikings and got all those draft picks, the Dallas Cowboys became a super dynasty led by Troy Aikman, Emmett, and Urban. And that eats at him because Herschel was a great player, and if they would have surrounded him with a couple of more good players, he might have won two or three Super Bowls. What's your, what's your comment on that, Herschel? I mean, I, 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 you know what's funny? I think Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson built that dynasty and because, you know, it has been teams that have great players, but you've got to do something with those great players. Uh, and I think Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones, even though they got a lot of good players from uh, my trade, but they work with those players. You know, I, when I went back to the Cowboys, you know, I had a chance to be under Jimmy Johnson. And tell you what, he is a great, great coach. And I've said many times, if I own a team, he would be one of the guys I want working for me because I loved it with his approach toward the game. And I think it was Jerry Jones and Jimmy that built those teams because you can get good, good players, but you have to do something with them when you got them. We uh, a lot of teams that got them, but they, they're not doing anything. We're good friends with Andy. Calls the show a lot. I've hung out with him quite a bit, very close to me, and that's uh, Dion Sanders. You have any inter- any uh, interaction with Dion? I do. I tell you, what, I, I told someone I think Dion is one of the best defensive backs ever to play the game. I have a lot of respect for that guy. I really like him, and I tell you what, I, I had a chance to play with Dion for a little bit when I got back to the Cowboys and. I tell you, I was very, very fascinated, very impressed with him. And I tell you what, if you want somebody that can cover, we get Deion Sanders. Well, he ain't gonna Sanders hit you. If he saw big, if he saw big uh, Herschel Walker coming his way, he's gonna uh, he's gonna let the linebacker get him. Though he ain't gonna hit well, you. No, Deion would tell you he, he wasn't paid to tackle people, but he was paid to cover. Him. He's not paid to tackle. Now, now you, did you and Deion ever get in a foot race? Uh, you know, no, we never we never raced. I tell you what was so strange when I got back to the Cowboys. It was funny because we had a couple of guys on that team that could really run. So uh, Dion and I, we we had a couple of guys that can run. But I tell you what, I can go get it. I'm not what you call slow. I can go out there and get it. I like that. Now, now you know, and you know, historically, you've never really pushed a lot of or had a, a big weight room regimen. You've always been kind of a use your own body weight, natural resistance kind of guy. Have you not? Uh, I have. You know, uh, that's where I, it comes back to my parents, where they say, "Don't use excuses in life." You know, I didn't grow up in a high school that had all the fancy weight equipment, so you know, I didn't use excuses. I started doing push-ups and sit-ups during commercials and working out and running. You know, as a little kid, I was out there jogging and running and, and doing all those things and reading about the body, the human body, and different things. And, and that's why I tell kids today, uh, if you don't have certain things, don't use excuses. You know, you got a floor. As long as you got a floor, you can work out. As long as you got a jump rope, you can work out. 
Man, what a what drive, man! What drive? There's just it's no, impressive. You, you just don't meet guys like this. Her, so before I let you go, buddy, uh, tell me about. I, I've been told, uh, you know, that you got a huge, huge um, chicken and frozen food stuff that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, yes, I have. About ten years ago, I started this food company for a family business uh, where I was doing a lot of poultry, and at that time, I had uh, Tyson uh, who was doing my co-packing. I sell to Cisco, uh, Cisco all over the country in the United States and in Canada. Well, my company grew. Uh, now I do my own uh, chicken. I do all my own processing and everything like that. And I'm probably one of the largest, or probably the largest minority-owned chicken company in the United States. Now, what's your company? And, uh, what's your chicken the company, company called? Name is uh, Renters Up Man Food Service. I sell to Cisco, like I said, all over the country. Uh, I have, uh, and you know, one thing that's unique about my company is. Fifteen percent of everything the company make goes to charity. Wow! I uh, like I said, I've been blessed uh, through football, through all my thing, and you know. And I want to tell all the athletes out there is uh, that people are the one that make you who you are, and you got to give back to them. And sometimes you got to leave a place better than when you came in. And when you start looking at life that way, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a good successful life. Now, now, yeah, if you got distribution through Cisco, when I used to be in the restaurant business, I mean, Cisco's the end all be all. They have you know they they're one of the largest you know food distributors in in, in the world, and and you provide them with their chicken. I provide them. I'm one of the suppliers to uh, Cisco. You know, they have a couple of suppliers that do chicken. Right. And uh, you know, my competitors are Tyson Pilgrims, and so uh, you know, I have some big guys that I compete against. But, you know, I'm holding my own. You know, there's a little niche out there for a small guy like me, and i tell you what, I'm trying to take advantage of it. My people, they work it very hard, and that's what was so unique about this situation. You know, going into this MMA fighting, you have to have a clear mind, meaning you can't go into this MMA fighting thinking, oh, about uh, selling chicken or about, you know, some business or about your family. Your mind had to be clear. But I built my business to a point that whenever you uh, have your, your first guy in command, He's got to be able to take over the company just in case something happened to you. Well, I had a guy that could take the company over and run it while I was just focusing in on this. And I told him, I said, don't call me. I don't want to talk to you. If there's any problems, you got to take care of it. Right now, I'm going to be fighting, so I have to concentrate on that. And, uh, and, and, and the guy there, uh, John Staples, he did it. And Cisco has worked with me uh, very well. They, they understood what I wanted to do. And, I want to thank all the people there, and uh, my guy, John. Uh, you know, I'm not going to pay him any more money, but. Uh, <laughs> man, so how do you go in and negotiate against this guy, man? You, you, he'll, have you, he'll, he'll have you making less money because you just believe he's such a great spokesperson, yeah, such a is. great motivator. Man, the thing with, thing with him is, like, he, I, don't think, I don't think you're, uh, you give yourself enough credit almost. It's like if I were you, I would have so much more swagger and run around town and be like, I'm Herschel Walker, Well, that's bitch. why you won't be ever. That's why, I, but that, I'm that's saying why you're like, a dick. That's, well, why, that's why you'll never be Herschel Walker because, you know, Herschel Walker, uh, you know. I think marches. you're missing my point. My point is, like, at your, he's like, I don't think you give he's yourself enough credit. Like, you do you feel a, like you give yourself enough credit you need for to be all a that politi- you've done? We need no, him no, to be a politician. I do. I, do. I toot my own horn a lot. Of Not really. The thing is, you just got to remember, and I, I said, I'm no better than anyone else. You know, you kind of uh, are. I, I've just been very fortunate, <laughs> and I, I tell people all the time, I've been very fortunate sometimes, but sometimes I've gotten the breaks when, when the other man hadn't got the breaks, so that doesn't mean I'm better than him. Wow. No, but you kind of created you've kind of created the breaks by your hard work. That. Yeah, what a good guy. Now, now Herschel, where do, you, do, you, do you still live in the Georgia area, and where's your chicken company I, based? I'm living in Texas. I live in Dallas. Uh, my headquarters for our company is in Savannah, Georgia. My my parents are still in Wrightsville, Georgia, so they won't move out of that little town. And tell you what, I love that little town, so I go back there a great deal. But your uh, your chicken company is out of Savannah, Georgia. Yes, the headquarters is in Savannah, Georgia, and we have an office in Arkansas and one in uh, New York. 
Wow, what a great, what, what a what a breath of, I mean, God, the things I didn't know about this guy. I got so much respect for this guy, man. If I was fighting, I'd just go lay down and say, man, I ain't got, I ain't got nothing <laughs> no, for you, no, buddy. No, 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 i tell you, I don't think Greg is going to lay down. I think he's ready to sort of knock my head off. <laughs> yeah. That's why That's why I was telling people, they asked, how can you fight? Because you got to be a little mean. I said, no, you just got to be ready to compete. When those are, when that cage door closed, you got to be ready to turn it on. And I said, go into that mold of what Marvin Gaye used to say, let's get it on. <laughs> That's what you got to be ready to do. So when you go into that ring, I mean, obviously, the, in the, into that octagon, you're going to have a whole, you know, you're not Herschel, the nice guy that I'm talking to. You're going to go back, revert back to that crazy son of a bitch. Well, you got to do that. Because let me tell you what, though, that when uh, when you get into that cage, those guys coming out there to tear your head off. And, I, you know, I realize that. I tell you, the funniest thing is when I got to the gym at AK, you know, I've, I've done all this big training. I have all these big muscles and and everything, and, you know, I'm Herschel Walker. I'm the man. I walked into the gym, and I had to forget about that because, you know, I'm 200, over 200 pounds, and I have a 165-pound guy putting me in the arm bar. <laughs> I realized then that I didn't know too much, and I had to learn a lot. And he didn't care that you're Herschel Walker. He's going to break your arm. <laughs> that's exactly right, and that's what happen when you step into that cave. Yeah. If you don't have your head together, you know, I've trained uh, hard at AKA with uh, Javier Mendez. All the fighters there has really worked very hard for me. So when I step in that cage, I want to show them all their appreciation for all the work they've done for me. Now, Herschel, do you have a website that people can uh, keep up with you on? Uh, they can, yes, they can go to uh, HerschelFamous34.com. And they, can, they can read about my company, read about me, and, and see what I'm doing, and read about my hospitals that I'm doing. I have a lot of military service men and women and different things like that. and. I have a cycling team and, and a lot of different things where I do a lot of things for charity. One last question, man. I always ask a running back this, you know, a guy in the league, you know, out of all the teams you had to play and all the linebackers or, or defensive linemen that, you know, tried to put some licks on you, uh, you know, who was the one guy that, you know, that gave you some pretty damn good licks? Uh, it, it was Mike Singletary. Yeah. You know, I didn't, hes- I didn't hesitate to say that. Mike Singletary was an absolutely incredible player. I think he's going to be one of the best coaches to coach in the NFL. And I tell you what, he, he's the guy that uh, made me uh, – I want to run up in that hole again. And, you know, and Michael Singletary, I mean, great guy. I've been a big Packer fan uh, for years, and, uh, you know, I always had Mike Singletary fits. But, you know, kind of an undersized linebacker, just a little over six foot, about, what, 235? But, I mean, he could bring it, could he not? Uh, No, he could bring it. And, you know, it's one thing about him is when he was on that team, guys respected him so much as a man, as a human being, as a player. And that's the reason I knew he was going to be a great head coach. He's doing great things out in – San Francisco, and I think he would continue to do great things. And tell you what, the guy, he can bring it. Herschel, I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Best of luck to you, kiddo. All right. Hey, thank you now. Thank you for having me on. Thank you very much, Herschel. Take care, buddy. Man, what a great guy. Mm. Man, so what, a, what a wonderful dude. I was always a big fan. All right, Man. You had, you had to pick one on your team. Who would it have been, Walter Payton or Herschel Walker? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one, all right. That's a real dick question to ask. <laughs> To be it's honest. a good question. Well, I'll, to pick, ask. I'll pick Herschel. He's still alive. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>